and welcome back to another episode of Code with Kingy, where in this one we are previewing the All Blacks' first Bledisloe Cup tests to be played at Eden Park on Saturday. And helping me on the mics this week is an old friend and a guy that has a wealth of rugby knowledge, probably the most of anyone that I know personally, um, that being Scooter Waldrum. First off, my man, um, how's things? And yeah, cheers for taking some time out to help me. Uh, always, always keen for a rugby chat. Thanks for having me back again, mate. And uh, I don't know if you're saying my wealth of knowledge is just you're saying I'm really old, or uh, or whether I actually know a little bit about rugby. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me. And, and exciting, yeah. We get to have a Blues like Cup. I guess with everything that's going on around the world, it's it's cool that we can still have our New Zealand rugby's probably most treasured tournament. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, before we crack into things, for those of you who haven't been following this podcast over the last year, I sat down with Scooter last year, and it was probably the most in-depth and thorough podcast that I've done to date. I think it pushed close to two hours. I think the actual conversation was over two hours, um, and I needed to trim it back. So I do encourage anyone who wants some real insight into what you know the life of a professional rugby player is like and what happens in the aftermath, um, yeah, go back and check out that old episode. But yeah, like Scooter was just mentioning, we are very fortunate to be having Bledisloe Cup rugby on in the wake of what's happened with COVID. I know that I've had many a discussion with people who aren't in the rugby circles and how they thought it was unfair that the Wallabies were granted an exemption. But obviously the government's seen more positives than negatives uh, with these two tests coming up. Obviously there's been the, the change with venue when... Wellington was supposed to hold a test in about three weeks' time, but obviously with the All Blacks shooting over to Perth in a couple of weeks' time, they're not going to be able to come back in without having to do the quarantine. So we've got two tests uh, being played at Eden Park um, that both this week and the next. But uh, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to check out the team list for this weekend. We'll start off with the All Blacks, mate. Have you? or I have, I have. And, and mate, two, two words. George Bauer. <laughs> I'm stoked. I'm stoked to see the guy in there. It's awesome. But yeah, I've seen the team and it's, it's not a bad team and it's an even better bench, I reckon. Will Jordan must be injured or that hamstring still must be giving him a bit of grief because I was surprised to see uh, Iwani get the nod on the left flank. Also, Dalton Papali's back. He fits into number seven, which pushes Adi Sevilla back to eight. It would have been interesting to see whether or not uh, Jacobson would have got the run at eight and they kept Artie at seven, had Dalton not passed his recent injury woes, but obviously he's all good, so that bumps Jacobs into the pine, and then yeah, like you said, George Bauer gets the nod in front of the more experienced Carl Tuanukawafi, and what will be his most high-pressure moment to date with his footy career, but you know, you've just mentioned the fact that, you know, we've got a pretty strong bench, and you like the look of our starting lineup. Would you have made any changes, personally, from what you've seen so far this year? Um, probably not a lot, I mean... I um, if you if you look at the team, it's it's a little bit injuries probably picked it a little bit as well. Like you said, I, I Will Jordan must um, still just have that little niggle. I reckon it's probably just rest him another week and and, and get it right. So he's he's bigger long term than pushing it. You know, I, I definitely um, think he's worth being in there and deserves a start. Um, I, I like Moanga at ten. I think he deserves to start ahead of Barrett. Um, you know, he's, he's 
stays around. He's played all his rugby through the Super Rugby tournaments. He played really well, and I think as class as Barrett is, um, I just don't think he proved enough that he deserves to be you know, that guaranteed 10. So, you know, have, but in saying, having him on the bench is still a hell of an impact player as well. So, you know, I'm glad they've gone with that. The midfield, I'm still, I'm still really undecided around our best combination in the midfield. Obviously, Anton um, has the experience. Aveli's played the last few tests, you know, and, and played reasonably well after, you know, a couple of little mistakes um, down in Dunedin, but he sort of remedied that and came through and had a good game. You know, I, I still wouldn't mind the idea of um, putting Rico at 13 and moving Anton into 12, but um, in the end, the coaches have got to go for what they want, and, um, you know, Ioani on the wings is, is still a, a real attacking weapon for us. So the other good thing is we've got a nice... I like the mid, the locks. Having our two solid locks back really does make us a formidable force in that forward pack as well. And then, as, as you said about the loose forwards, what I like about that loose forward combination is you've got you got the big ball runner in um, Akira Ioani and then... You know, there's a lot of talk about his improved fitness and work rate and that, so this is really going to be a test and a chance for him to show that. I like Pablo Lee because he's just your battler, your workhorse, and then I like Savia because he's just X-Factor, you know. You know, that's a, that's a good combination of all three, and I think you're going to get the most out of out of that loose forward um, trio as well. So I think it's a really solid team that we're taking into this game. Yeah, I've, my eyes were always going to be pointed towards that loose forward trio. I think that, like you mentioned, Richie Mwanga sort of picked himself as much as there has been a lot of talk about who gets um, the 10 jersey and whether it's, whether it's a horses for courses sort of thing. You know, like, you, like you just explained, Mwanga has been arguably the most, well, he has been the most effective Super Rugby player over the last half decade. And there's even like the shout to say that he's the most successful Super Rugby player ever, given um, all of the accolades that he's claimed over that time. Uh, midfield, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Vili. I think that he's obviously taken his two opportunities and ran with them. Um, but like you, I'm a fan of Rico Iwane at 13, but I just think with the hot seat that Ian Foster's in this year, I don't think he can afford to have any more lapses like what we saw from Iwani in last year's first test in Wellington. Damien McKenzie's another one. I think he's um, he's been rewarded for his great run of form in Super Rugby this year. And although... Tonga weren't much of an opposition. I think he really stood out in that triple-figure thrashing of the Pacific Islands. And then, yeah, to the four-pack, I think that's probably where we're going to need the most work or the, the place I'd like to see most improved over the course of the next couple of tests because I think what the Fijians showed is that if they can... Well, if the All Blacks get out-muscled or if they're on the receiving end uh, in the contact area, it doesn't matter who we have in our back line that we're not going to be able to give them the opportunity to fire. So... Yeah, um, I was just going to move on to Australia, though. Now, I only just had an opportunity to see the side name, and I don't know why they named it so much later than the All Blacks, but they've obviously got their their mainstays, and Michael Hooper's in there. Jordan Pattaya, the young Flash kid that they've got a lot of wraps on, he returns to the 14 jersey. Um, I don't know why Filippo Dangunu, who was one of their standouts from last year, um, I'm not sure where he's gone. He's obviously picked up a niggle. But one of the headlines I had a read of yesterday, and I'm not sure if you saw this one either, was the three boys that got done for breaking team protocol for staying up drinking. And as someone who's been in those sorts of high pressure environments, you know, high profile environments, what does that sort of disruption a couple of days out from a test, you know, what have an effect on the Aussies, do you think? Uh, I mean, I'd, it's probably not going to have an effect on their performance wise, but a little bit around the morale. 
you know, it's fr- it'd be frustrating being one of those guys, you know, being part of their team, and then all of a sudden three guys are out, you know, drinking the night before their day off. Yeah, and I said that they weren't out causing trouble. There was no complaints from the public. Yeah, it was nothing like that. But you know, Dave Rennie's set a standard and an expectation, and and it's good to see he's followed through. Because man, I look at that and just think it's just done. You're going into a, a test against the All Blacks, which is you know probably going to be your hardest test for the year, and you you're more concerned about bloody having a few beers the, the night before the. Um, you know, your day off, you know, what, what, what's your priorities? And obviously it's not the team, it's, it's having a good time. So um, getting rid of having not those guys not part of it, well, maybe it just means somebody in there is a bit more focused on, on the upcoming is going get, to get the reward and get the game time. So I don't think it'll have too much of an effect. And I'm glad Dave Rennie's actually done it and he's trying to set a standard because personally I just think it's, it's selfish and you're letting your team down. But it's, a, it's a not a bad Aussie team. I don't think, um, you know, if you look at the rugby championship, you know, they really struggled against the Kiwi team. So they're all going to have to be at their best if, if they stand a chance. And the, the worst thing is they're coming into the their hoodoo ground of New Zealand and probably the least favourite ground they'd really be wanting to play on. Because to be fair, any they, they, the All Blacks, as much as they pretend they, they don't think about it and it's, you know, that it's not on their mind, Deep down, you do not want to be in that all-back team. That's the first one to lose after so many years. As much as you try to ignore it, that, that's going to stick there. And to be fair, it lifts teams, you know, and it, it, it gives you an even bigger purpose to play for. So, yeah, I, I think Aussie are, are going to struggle. Yeah, I think the other disappointing thing is uh, when you look at the two of the three boys that were named, they were starters or they were starters in that last French test, Marika Coimbedi being the the bigger one. I think he won like their John Eels medal last year and they've only they've replaced him with a guy who's only had a couple of caps and then they've also replaced the number eight is he nice with a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience so yeah that puts them even more on the back foot you know following what you said about the the hoodoo with the all blacks not having lost there since 94 and not having lost to the wallabies since 86 either although i didn't watch a lot of that french series um you could obviously see that he's gone for bigger bodies and he's looking to introduce a more confrontational and physical style of play for, for the Australians than perhaps what we've seen from them in the past. So, uh, I mean, it, it obviously worked with that French series, like I just mentioned, that was their first time they'd won a home series since 2014. But for you, do you feel like that's like the the most appropriate method if you're going to be beating the Kiwis, you know, even at a place like Eden Park? Well, I mean, you do, you, you, like you see, you pointed on with the Fiji, if, if they're physical and all that and, and get stuck into our forwards, it certainly makes it a lot harder for our backs. And But to be fair, if you look back, Dave's first year with the, the Chiefs, he actually brought in some big bodies and they were you know, Brody Retallick and then he brought in uh, the big prop, Tommy Afuna, you know, so he he's, he's obviously always been a fan of, of having big guys in your forward pack and and being able to do that, so I guess this is um, you know his his way of trying to counter counter that for New Zealand as well. But I mean, Dave's he's a he's definitely a team man, like a culture and getting that right and developing performances through a good team culture as well. And you know, obviously the dropping of these guys is a sign of that. You know, he wants to get that right and everything as well. So you know, I can certainly see um, where he's heading with his team and what he's trying to do. 
in the end, though, it, it's still an Australian team, and we're still going to smash them. So <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> that's that's his downside. He's dealing with Aussies, not Kiwis. <laughs> I mean, and just just looking through the the team list that they've got here again, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's got nine out of that fifteen um, have played less than ten tests at the international level. And if you look at their halves pairing, Tate McDermott and Noah Lolasil, although they're guys, you know, I've I've watched a little bit of and think they've got a lot of potential. They've only got five tests between them. Do you feel like that that'll be a target area for the All Blacks to? Really get in on those game drivers. Yeah, I mean the 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 other side of that as well is that they you know they are experienced, but they'll be keen. They'll be trying to prove themselves. They're trying to you know cement sort of spots for the future and and staying there long term. So that that can also drive these guys to up their game. Um, you know, he brought in a few young guys a couple of years ago when he first started and and started to see some results out of that as well. So, you know, as, as, as much as it can be a hindrance, it can also be something to lift. But then as the games wear on or as the series wears on, sometimes, you know, that experience really rises to the top. And I think, uh, you know, going into this Eden Park, you know, having those young guys there, they're going to be excited. They're going to probably work a little bit harder and, and have sort of that, whole mentality of neat wanting to win for the first time in their, in their minds where you're going to have the Kiwi experience we're just going to be cool heads probably going to grind out what they have to do and just and sort of wear them down and come away with it. And what about from the All Blacks perspective, Like I know that you had a bit to do with Ian Foster in what was it your first year with the Chiefs or you know some of the other teams that you were part of over the course of your career and for me um, just sort of trying to get as sort of X's and O's with it as poss- as I possibly can. Um, they've worked a lot of their back play around the likes of David Havili, and they're looking to play more of a skill-style game um, and maybe gone away a bit too much from the confrontation area within their forwards. Um, I'm not sure if you've noticed that much, but do you like the way this team's heading, or do you, do you see a, a pathway um, that Ian Foster's implementing with the team? Um, I... I mean, personally, I, it's, I think we miss a really strong 12. You know, that, you know having, having like back in my days, you know, you had Nonu there who could, who could really bust it up. And then before that, even when, you know, Umunga moved into the midfield, you know, you had at least one real strong ball carrier that got you go forward. And then you kind of played off there where, you know, there are, there are probably a few smaller bodies around where you're going to have to, you know, move the ball around and and sort of manipulate your your defence a little bit more and you know, using your forwards to help your backs is, is probably that that idea. But I mean the one thing with the All Blacks and is they're always trying to change the game. You know, they're always looking for that next advantage. You know, if they've done some uh, played a certain way for a couple of years, you know, you find teams start picking on it, picking up on it and then you know, in the background, they're constantly looking at how, how they can change, how they can improve, and, and do things a little bit different to catch other teams off guard. So, you know, it's always hard to really nail how the All Blacks are going to play when all of a sudden they can just change it like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they play this game compared to, you know, how they have played the 
their previous games against Fiji and stuff like that. You know, I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if they come out with a completely different game plan, um, something that the Aussies haven't seen to try and surprise them and put them off their game. Well, that would be the hope. Again, like I've mentioned on this podcast a million times, I'm not the biggest fan of Ian Foster, but hopefully we see some sort of like wowee on Saturday night. But I, I, I think like outside of what we just talked about in terms of the game plan, I, I feel like if the All Blacks can really assert themselves at set-piece time like they did it in that second test against Fiji, then I think we'll be on to a winner. A lot of their tries that they scored actually came off the set-piece, but obviously you can only take that with a grain of salt considering the opposition we were playing um, and yeah really focusing in on that contact area as well I think if the forwards can muscle up we're in for a good one but um, following some of the Lions series and some of the other rugby across the world uh, one of the common themes these days is the contestable kicking uh, namely the box kicking do you think we'll see a lot of that on Saturday from the Australians to try and negate the All Blacks game plans or do you feel like they're just not that or Dave Rennie's not that type of coach where he'd want to be playing so negatively I'm obviously not a fan of it because it takes away from the spectacle but like what we saw in that first test for the Lions and then that second test for the Springboks if you can win that aerial battle and not complete as many areas as the opposition you're more than likely going to be leading on the scoreboard once the 80 minutes is up yeah I see like if, if, you, if I look at the South Africans that game style game, but it doesn't surprise me because for years that was their go-to. The balls, it was it was all about the aerial game and and, and putting it in the air and, and contesting for it. And they used to have some really big guys that could get up and, and win those those contests as well. So it was it was always such a strength for them um, and worked so well. And, and when they did it right against New Zealand, you know they'd get the results. And it used to amaze me how they they do it and the you know they'd come away with a win and then they'd revert back to a running game and, and stop kicking it and stop putting us under pressure and then we'd win and it just uh, you know, I, I couldn't understand why they wouldn't just stick to the what was working the whole time but um, I I feel Aussie will not want to give us the ball but then you know how much are they going to back themselves I mean uh, with Rico at least you know, he's nice and tall um, and can get up there you know but then between McKenzie and, and Sevier Reese, you know, there's not a lot of height there, um, so that they could really be a target for that as well. You know, it's it's going to depend whether they they get their ball back or not. But yeah, it, it, I I couldn't I can't see Aussie kicking too much. I think they're just going to have to they're going to want to try and start the All Blacks from the ball. Do you think it'll be one of those tests as well where they'll be happy to take threes? And then just back their defence, or do you do you feel like in, in a game like you said at Eden Park that they're going to have to back themselves to score tries? Oh, I think you, I think you've got to take the win first. You know, a, a win at Eden Park would be huge for them. You know, so you know any opportunity they'll be taking points, and depending on how the game goes, obviously if you know New Zealand score a few tries, well then Aussie are going to have to actually play some rugby. But to start with, I would. I'd be banking them to take take shots from bloody halfway as much as you know, any chance they get, really. It doesn't sound like too bad a game plan. Um, and before I ask you uh, what your score prediction is, uh, do you have a player that you want to highlight going into this game? I, I've got one from both teams, but you know, just off the top of your head, is there a guy in the New Zealand team you want to see something out of and then in the Australian team, one to be wary of? I, I, it's so hard, you know, 
there's some good players there. I, I really want to see Hardy let loose and get some ball in hand and a little little bit of space, not just having to smash it up uh, close to the rucks, you know, because the guy's just a freak with the ball in hand when he gets, you know, he's quick, he's strong. Um, and I think he's just wasted doing one-offs close to rucks and into, into bodies. So it'd be awesome to see him get at the ball in space. And then the other one is, you know, obviously Brody's been away. He's come back. He's played a few tests now. And um, I, I really hope he, you know, can emulate the form he had before he, he shot overseas because, um, yeah, he's just such an inspiration to the to the type five. And if he's in there getting physical and, and knocking them around, well, then he's only going to lift those guys around him. So, you know, those two, those two will be the, I reckon, the, probably the defining of how well that full pack's going to go. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I did have those guys in mind, namely Brody. I, I did think he looked a little bit undercooked in that second game against the Fijians that he started, but obviously he's a, he's a couple of kilos lighter than what the All Black coaches would want him to be, just to have him take those knocks. But yeah, like you said, he's um he's he's a real catalyst for momentum in that forward pack. But for me, you know, like again, like you could have highlighted, you know, Richie Mwang and having this being another opportunity for him to kick away from Bowden Barrett, who's nipping at his heels, but one of the hometown boys and it's in a position that we haven't have a lot of surety in as a late, well, pretty much since Jerome Kiner retired um, and that being at blindside with the Kitty Iwani. I think this is his opportunity to really press his claims and especially with it being in Auckland, I'm not sure whether that will um, add pressure to the occasion or if it's something that he'll look to, to really take with both hands. Um, and then for the Aussies, uh, I, I really like their halfback, Tate McDermott. He didn't get a lot of burn last year, which I was surprised at. They obviously opted for the more experienced Nick White, but then even on the bench, they went with the New South Wales Waratahs halfback, Jake Gordon, who I don't feel offers a lot, uh, especially at the next level when you sort of have to have that point of difference. But you just watch out for McDermott. He's quite good around, around the fringes of the ruck time, and he runs a really, really good backup line. So I think if the Australians are to make any breaks, he'll be in and around that play. But yeah, kick it on just to wrap it up, bro. What's your score prediction? For Saturday night's game, oh, I'm I'm banking we're going to pull away. Um, I, I wouldn't mind about it. Thirty six points to twelve, I reckon. That's that's where I'm I'm putting my money. Yeah, Aussie Aussie will look alright to start with, and then I think we'll just um, slowly pull away. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, I put down thirty one seventeen. Uh, I, I feel like both goal kickers are going to have day out. I, I think the weather's meant to be clear as well, so that'll make obviously for more exciting rugby, hopefully on the All Blacks part. But yeah, although I didn't take a lot of confidence or didn't take a lot of bright spots out of those three tests as part of the Steinlager series, um, I just think that given, you know, like you said, the hoodoo that teams have to come into Eden Park with and, you know, Aaron Smith's 100 tests, I'm sure that the boys will get up for that. You know, like Brady Retallick, it's his first real test back. Um, he'll be wanting to make a statement. Richie Mwanga will be wanting to make a statement as well. Um, and yeah, hopefully they make a statement on the scoreboard. Well, we'll see, you have to see how things transpire later in the weekend. And then I'll have to catch up with you on Sunday sometime so that we can talk about hopefully what is an emphatic victory for our boys. Sounds good to me, mate. All right, Scooter. Thanks again for your time, man. And I'll, um, I'll get a hold of All you right. Sunday. Sounds good, Kingy. Thanks, mate.